This is the Minivan Dad Soccer Pod. Oh, it's incredible! You could not write a script like this! The only podcast where the host actually admits to driving a minivan. Sometimes it may be good, sometimes it may be sh- And now your host, TJ. And here we go again. It's the Minivan Dad Soccer Pod, Chicago Fire Post Game Edition, a one nothing loss at Sporting Kansas City, and um, I honestly feel the tone for this game was set by with the penalty kick in the first minute of the game by um, Robert Barrage. I think that set the tone. And I'm joined tonight by I want to say maybe a hostage situation with um, senior editor of Hot Time and Hat. Pat, he's with me tonight. Pat, how you doing? Does hostage sound right tonight? Uh, I would. I mean, it is against my will. That's for sure. You um, agreed. You agreed to do it in this afternoon, and it was against your better judgment to do so. I yeah, fully admit that. Um, but you're here. I appreciate it, and everybody who does listen, we we do appreciate your your insight and your knowledge tonight. Um, as as I started, I said Barrage's PK kind of set the tone for the entire game and the mood of the entire game. Is that yeah. fair? Is that a fair overview for tonight? Yeah. It was, a garbage, uh, it was a garbage PK and it turned out to be a garbage game. That was a really poor PK. I mean, it wasn't like it didn't go over the, it wasn't like the one Zardis hit earlier this year that went like, you know, 19 miles over the bar, but it was like a soft curler to the goalkeeper's right and was easily, easily saved a uh, really disappointing attempt because if he had converted that not only would the fire have gone up 1-0 in the second minute which is really ideal but uh not only would that have probably changed the the game but then he also would have had the uh, fire club record outright for most games in a row with a goal and so uh yeah that really did set the the tone for the night it was it was a disappointing moment and uh more disappointment would follow that's for sure yeah, it, the game looked like two teams that have really, really tired legs at this point in the season. I have and, tired legs, and I don't even play. Right. Like, I can't even imagine how they're feeling right now. Which yeah. I actually asked Mauricio Pineda about that, and he's like, yeah, it's been hard, but we're doing okay. Which is to say, they're tired. But every but he doesn't want to make an excuse because everybody's tired. It's, the Sporting KC didn't look much better. It was, which I think we we mentioned this in the last show, but like, and I understand they want to get as many games in to recoup television revenue and, you know, just to have something resembling a normal season. But they're kind of doing it in a way that's making the product suffer, which isn't good. Um, no, no, that I don't. I can't well, see you watching this game tonight and going, "I'm excited about soccer." True. But you know what? You watch 162 games in a baseball season and I don't because I know you don't. You don't like baseball, but there are going to be some games that do. They just suck. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And in any season in MLS. There are games that just suck. This just happened to be one of them. And I, I, I think what but I think your point is, well, well made in the sense of this isn't going to be the, the this is going to happen more frequently as these games pile up later in the season. I, what do they say? Uh, Tyler say tonight, eight games in about 30 days, give or take. Yep. 
That's a lot. Now, my question becomes, though, at what point is it, does this fall on the coaching staff? I get it. This team isn't deep enough. The quality isn't all the way through, or at least maybe they don't feel it is. That the lack of squad rotation is going to catch is going to catch up and bite them in the ass, especially right now when you take two starters or a starter, you're you're One rock in the starters, middle, yeah, yeah, and then somebody who's at least a squad, you know, one of the two starters in that position. They do rotate mm-hmm. that pretty well, but that is the only position they rotate quite quite right. often. So it, yeah, it, you know, Navarro missing probably isn't as big of a deal. Guess on him and as missing is massive. So, um, and that's, you know, I, Rafa kind of had two options. One was either to shift Mauricio Pineda to that spot, um, which Mauricio said tonight, the coaching staff has told him to be prepared to play there. So that is something we might see. Um, and then that would require uh, Johan Kappelhoff starting, which he probably was not ready to do after talking to, he was actually out on the, on the, in the postgame interviews as well. And, um, he probably isn't there yet. Wiki doesn't think he's there yet. They're, they're like slowly bringing him back. So well, Wiki, no. then, then it was, the, or it's Wyatt Olmsberg there, but then it's a matter of then, um, do you play Bronico or Michael Azira in midfield? And obviously he went with BB tonight. who wasn't bad. I don't yeah. know why he was marking Winston Reed. Right, we'll get we'll we'll get happened, to we'll but. we'll get to we'll get to BB in my re- ratings. I I did not see him as positively as you did tonight. So, um, but my now my question is as we le- move forward out of this game, and I I know we're looking ahead a little bit, but Francisco Calvo took a yellow card early on, mm-hmm. right, and is now will now be sitting out Saturday. If Kaplanhoff's not or Sunday, sorry, I apologize. Um, if Kaplanhoff is not ninety minutes fit. Pineda definitely can't go forward into the defensive midfield. Is it, are we going to see Elmsburg? Is that, is that going to be, what's going to be the plan? I mean, I can't presume they're moving Pineda forward. Do you move Johnny, Johnny B over potentially? I, what, what kind of options do you have? Uh, I, I would expect maybe we would see Elmsburg. I don't think that Kappelhoff is ready, but he might have to be. And mm-hmm. Kappelhoff plays, right side center back and, and Calvo plays left side center back, which I don't know how much Kapelhoff would want to slide over to the left. So unless he wanted to slide Pineda over to the left or, and then maybe they just blow it up and go with a back three of some kind. I don't know. He's it's losing Calvo is for all the people that, and we talked about this in the last show, like for all the people who are like, God, I, you know, why did they resign him? Look what happens when he's not there. Like it, it creates, you're like, well, what are we going to do now? And, and maybe we'll see Wyatt Olmsberg start, but I think we've only seen, and I could be wrong on this. I think he's only played like once this season. There was a he few came, garbage minutes. It wasn't garbage minutes. He came out in the first game of MLS's drunk in Seattle against Seattle. And he, he came on, he came onto the field and Morris scored like in the first minute he was on the field. So that's back in what? Is that July, June, July? I don't remember at this point. July. July. Okay. That's right. Yeah. I don't, have we seen him since? I think no. we saw him come on one of the, I maybe mean, I think he came on like in the 90th minute of the game at some point. I can't remember when, so I'd have to check that, but um, he has not played a lot. Um, so it's, maybe it's Nick Salanina. I don't know. I don't, I don't know what he hasn't played at all. No, you can't really ask a person who's never played to start it. I mean, in most cases. So, um, 
<laughs> I don't know. Like it, it's on one hand, it feels like there should what be it, more squad rotation, but then when you actually start to look at the options well, beneath and the that's starters, the problem. Yeah. Right. Even when Frankowski came on, did you have a good feeling about Frankowski creating a goal tonight? No. Considering his, his creation record, you know, no, I, no. We'll, so we'll come, back, we'll come back to him too. Um, I guess the, and what about Andre Reynolds? I mean, where would he, he is, he, he's a left, is he a left, he's a, a left, left back? He's a left back. Yeah. What about the, um, again, I'll, I'll go back to the same question at what about placing him out on the left and swinging Johnny board, Johnny B into a center back position for a I game? I think if you were going to make somebody play center back, Johnny B might be the guy to Cause he's, the he's, team and do it. He's a stay at home defenseman. Anyway, he's, he's right. a pros pro. I think somebody could do, it could be, what about Bronico? I mean, He's played some. He's played right back. Could you play him at a center? I. It's a scramble drill. It's going to be a scramble drill against a really not good DC United team, or at least a team that's really suffering of late. So that's why I'm kind of curious as to where they're going to go with this. So Zero's play, hasn't Zero spent some time on the back line as well? I think he's more of a defensive mid, but. Yeah, he, he is. He absolutely is. But I, again, we're talking about desperate times calling for desperate measures. Mm-hmm. I, Calvo is a huge hole. And if Kapelhoff's not 90 minutes fit, although weird MLS shows Kapelhoff as a midfielder, which he's not, but Kap, if Kapelhoff's not 90 minutes fit. be <laughs> news to Johan Kapelhoff. Mm-hmm. Kapelhoff doesn't even particularly like playing right back. He likes to play center back. So I mean, he played his minutes tonight at right back. And but I asked him that question at the very first news conference of the year back when he was fit. And he's like, yeah, I'll do what the team needs. But I like to play center back. So sure. And and maybe you're maybe you're on to something with saying that they go to a, a back five or something like, you know, or back three, you know, three with wing backs that could go all the way back and put him in the center there. But then that's and move Pineda forward. Potentially, I, I you know, I don't even know. I. This is why Wiki makes the big money, and you and I just talk about it. So, yeah, it's um, it's going to be interesting for sure to see what they do. You know, in, in this game, I, I will tell you, to me, it felt like it was sloppy. It was, you know, choppy. Really it felt like a chippy game, is what I put on Twitter, and I stand by that. It felt I, like we were watching El Salvador play. I don't know the United States, but I there wasn't there wasn't a felt, nipple grab or a bite of any kind, a twist. No, like but it, it felt Josie Altador, but it, it, it felt like that. It, it did, and it felt like it was a game played in El Salvador because that field looked like, like absolute crap as well, which I don't understand fully either. But it looked, you know, and it, and again, it, which makes me laugh because I was the first one when they moved to Soldier Field, going, "Holy cow, what's that field going to look like in Bear season?" Well, we're going to find that out this weekend again, but it's held up what so, really well so far sporting, which has nothing else on it. looked terrible. That field did not look good. It looked, it looked like there were divots. It looked like it looked choppy. And I'm going for a team that that's the only team that plays on it. Huh? Yeah. I guess, they, I guess they, there I guess they, people though, in the stands. I guess they share, humans. I guess they may share it with sport, uh, sporting Casey too, but there were people in the stands. Um, you really can't hear them. I'm pretty sure I heard some language you shouldn't hear on the field during, you know, from the field mics still. So the 5,000 or so in the stands really don't make much of a difference. Um, yeah, it, I guess, but, but I guess my point, overall point was with it being chippy, with the game being choppy, not having a whole lot of flow to it, uh, with Grant Zuz, with Graham Zuzi going out early, 
This mm-hmm. looked like a game you could steal three points. Um, uh, what's his name? The uh, Allen. Um, what the? Yeah, was out again. Wasn't playing again. I mean, this because he's, it, he's on international duty, I believe. So correct. Um, but this is a game you could steal. Yeah. And well, and I mean, done. you had you had a, a missed penalty. You had Bobby and Herbert's header attempt went wide right, and then Georgie Mihaljevic's chip, which. I mean, I, I'm not sure that, that hit the crossbar too. So those are three then, extremely. And then he had the golden opportunity early in the second half that he pushed wide. Yeah, it, there, those were there's four, four uh, extremely good opportunities that that you know if one of those goes in, you steal a point. If two go in, you are walking out of there with three points, feeling really good about yourself. So, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, it was it was it was not a. Uh, it was not a pretty match, that's for sure. No, and not a satisfying match. You didn't, you didn't watch that match and go, "Yeah, that was that was fun or that was entertaining or that." No, it was just, eh. Yeah, that, that that's a fair, eh. That, you know, and I, in following Twitter during the game, you know, the few fire tweets I had that weren't sandwiched around the the VP debate, it was, oh, fire as usual. I. I'm sorry, I don't agree with any of that. As eh as this game was, this doesn't feel anything like last year. Nothing. No, this isn't like losing four nothing to San Jose or something like like off Wando goal after Wando goal. This is it, it, no, they they were in it. They just against a, against a they were what what do we say on Saturday? They were when we did the last show. Kansas City's third in the West. They're a solid team. At mm-hmm. home, I know they, like I said, without Polito, you know, they're missing some parts too. They've struggled at home. It's still sporting Kansas City at home. They, the Fire have never played well there to begin with, but mm-hmm. this was going to be a tough ask on, on, on a short turnaround. So, yep. And I know we talked about it when we were all happy after the Atlanta game. We said, we were saying what the expectations on the, on the road trip were. We said two points would be would be fair. One point you'd be disappointed and yeah. but four points was was the was the hope. And we come they come away with one point. Um and that Yeah, obviously not great. No. I suppose though I suppose if we want to look on the bright side, at least the loss came to the Western Conference team and the sure. draw came with the Eastern Conference team. So that that's um probably one way of looking at it. I I guess the the disappointing thing is both games were ripe for the taking. You had Montreal in a neutral site game, and you had Kansas City, they said, losing Zussi 20 minutes in and just kind of not in a good place coming in, and yet... And without Matt Beasler as well. Like he yeah, I forgot about him. So, yeah, yeah, the two of your 2014 U.S. men's national team players were unable to either start or the other one came out after 20 minutes. Jermaine Jones was nowhere to be found, though. True. And he might hit, he might have some firearms and be off, off doing some something that you should I'll tell you what he's not doing. He's not watching Baywatch. No, th- this is true. Well, he might be watching the David Hasselhoff version from way back when, but yeah, anyway, I yeah, I suppose. All right. Um, I know you're tired. I'm holding you hostage. So how about we do some ratings and see where we're at tonight? You know what? I think it's a great time to do those. 
All right, so this is going to definitely be a short show overall, and I'm okay with that tonight. All right, so this is the Committee of One, and we're going to see if Pat can talk me out of any of them. Again, these will appear tomorrow in some form when Pat gets around to it at Hot Time in Old Town. Um, so let, let's see what we got. We're, we're going to start with uh, we're going to start with one Robert Barrich. I gave him a two. Jeez. I, you know what? It's a penalty kick. It was brutal. I I I, I have a, it summed up the game for the fire. It was crap. I don't recall him doing a ton of other spots. Maybe you know maybe he found a pocket of space here, but he didn't do anything with it. I think he had one other chance, if I remember correctly. He's I've a desert. Away from my laptop. Remember, he's the one who fought to get the penalty kick, to take the PK over Madron when Madron blew the blew it up, and then he turns around and puts up an equally garbage effort. Sorry, you're designated player. You're paid to score goals. You get a penalty kick after you got into a fight that uh, you know in Orlando to take penalty kicks. You miss badly. Yeah, it's not. I feel like a two may be a little bit harsh, but you know what? Um, it wasn't like it was a spectacular save. No, it was, a, it was a poorly taken penalty. So he, you could tell he knew it the second he hit it too. I mean, I, I, I had it at a two. I moved it to a three, and I'm like, you know what? He's a professional. He's paid to score that. When you have minimal chances, you know minimal quality chances in the best one in the second minute and changes the contour of the game, you get a two. Yeah. Okay. Um, Fabian Herber, Herbers, subject of a wonderful piece that written on, on Hot Time in Old Town right now. So if you haven't checked that out, please go to Hot Time in Old, Old Town and read Pat's 2,000-word interview with 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 herbers it, it was re, it was really well done it was a great story and i as i said on twitter it, you don't have to be a soccer fan to appreciate herbers story what he's gone through it's um it, 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 like i said i was very very yeah it's happy actually pretty cool yeah uh, i was i was proud of the way it turned out and it, it was i got bobby to open up about his you know, his childhood and, and his decision to move to the united states where he thought he was actually giving up his dream of playing pro soccer so uh i liked it um, I, I i did too and you had been talking it up you've been talking it up with me via text and then pre-show for a while and then to have it turn out no I, it was it was impressive so if you haven't read it please do go on a hot time in old town and give that a listen to that said this wasn't his best night i i'm, I'm blaming you for this entirely i gave him a four is this um, like the the madden curse we're gonna start it we're gonna see but because I, you it, said you said again when you tweeted it out i'm like when have i done this before have i ruined anybody else i feel like you've you've ruined collier he had a couple nice games preseason he had a couple nice games and then you and then you started talking it up and then he kind of fell off a cliff so did i also ruin pineda although i didn't ever do a piece with pineda i started hyping him up and then he came back down to earth although he's been solid he hasn't scored yeah, Which I don't no, need your. I don't need my center backs to score all the time. So no, no. I so he's been solid. I felt like after you talked him up, he came back to earth really quick. So I yeah, I, we're blaming you for this one. I, I gave okay. I gave fair. I gave the German a four tonight. He won the penalty. He had the header. He he probably wants back a clear header like that. He should finish. He just he pushed it wide. I mean that seemed to again it kind of seemed on par with the way the night was. I don't recall him doing a ton else other than that. I don't recall him being like in dangerous positions all the time. Like he's been in games past came out in the what? 57th minute or something 50, like that. Uh, yeah. 58th, yeah, 57, yeah. 58, somewhere there. So yeah, 
any, any, I think a four is fair for Fabi tonight. Okay. Um, Nacho Alicedo. I've got a five for him. Um, he, he, he's kind of in a tough spot because he's got Johnny B behind him. When Johnny B is behind him, he doesn't have a lot of, you know, count, you know, play where he can, where he can work with Johnny B to get forward. Cause Johnny B doesn't get forward that often. So it kind of leaves him in one-on-ones, which does play, I guess in some ways plays to his strength, but he doesn't get that combination play that might make it a little bit easier for him to get his, get speed. Now that said, he did, when he was on the ball, he, I don't remember him making bad passes at all tonight. And I looked the stats up and he completed 21 of 22 passes. So he was good there. Um, yeah. He lacked, but he still that, like I said, when his first few games, he got on the ball and you just thought something special could happen. I didn't see any of that tonight. It was more subdued, but a five overall, he was a five tonight. I think that that is a fine score for Nacho. All right. We're going to move on to one Georgie Mihalovic. Um, he had two. I gave him a four. He had he had two of the three good chances for the fire tonight. One hit the bar. He dragged the other wide. I felt like the effort was there. He looked yes. like his legs were heavy. Yes. He, um, again, was getting fouled a good bit. Correct. Um, I, I, I think it is very clear to me that he needs to, I, I know that we talked about rotation and whatnot, but he needs to keep, he needs to remain in the, in the starting lineup. He it was, it probably wasn't his best night. Obviously, obviously he would want a couple of those chances back, but um, he's just dangerous. He, I felt like he was the best weapon they had. And like, and the reason why he, he gets a, a four, not, bec- not because he was bad per se, but because he didn't finish those. I mean, yeah, yeah, and I know sure. he'd want him back, and he'd probably go, yeah, I should have finished at least one of those. The crossbar, okay, maybe that's a tougher one, but the second one, early in the second half, again, he dragged that wide, and you could see as he hit it, he already had his head down. He knew he didn't hit it well, and it was there. The, the far post was wide open. It's something he should be able to hit. And, again, this might be a case of the committee of one having higher higher expectations for the homegrown. But he's he's earned it. He's been dangerous. He continued when he got the ball. You expected dangerous things to happen tonight, and the best chances he had, he missed. So, yeah. All right. All right. Alvaro Madron. He was man of the match for um, the WGN crew, and I I agreed. I, I gave him a six, and that's the highest score I gave anybody tonight. Um, he he did his usual work. And then he was he, doing – he was Jimenez. He was trying to do Jimenez's yeah, job, too. Yeah, I was going to say he did, he did more defensive number six type work tonight than typically he does. He's usually – and they, I know they, they stack them alongside each other, but he's usually the go-forward guy. And Correct. Gaston's the stay-at-home guy, and they seem, you, seem to flip-flop, and, and BB was going forward, and, and um, Madron was not tonight as much. So, I, I, I Like I said, I, I thought – if someone was putting their stamp on the, the end, this game reminded me of almost like the Seattle, the, the opener against Seattle in Seattle where he was, it felt like he was everywhere and it was really good. I mean, in that mm-hmm. sense, but where yeah. like I said, he was doing his part and the part usually played by Jimenez, but there was, I will say a ball 
that fell to him. I think it was in the second half, maybe, I don't know, 28 yards from goal or so. Mm-hmm. And it was one of those where typically he would crack it, but he read it as being a stupid shot and didn't. And I wanted to give him credit for that. Normally I am a big fan of shoot because you never know what's going to happen. But um, in the, in this particular case, this felt like one that there? maybe in, in other games. Yeah, I'm still here. This felt like one maybe in other games that he would have mm-hmm. uh, he would have missed or he would have taken and missed, but he he held on it. So yeah, he was he was all right tonight. Okay. All right, BB. This is this one. I think you're not gonna you're gonna. I don't feel you're gonna agree with me. I gave him a three. I I I I know you love him. He's the king of gritty. He was absolutely abused on the goal from Reed. Why was he the one? Assigned doesn't matter to mark him in the first place. Now we can have that discussion and I would agree. That's a valid question. However, you're the one on been. there. He shouldn't have been. No, he's five foot eight and Reed is what? Six, two, six, three. Six, three. However, you got to put up a little more of an effort than he did. The problem wasn't that the five, eight versus six, three. The problem was he was beaten and he was beaten like a rented mule. It to actually get to that wasn't spot. the height. It was that he, he just got physically manhandled. I don't think the effort was an issue. I don't he think got, the effort ever I, Reed, is. He Reed, just got beat. He, he, got, he started drifting a little bit towards that near post run, overplaying the near post run, and Reed got behind him. And Reed did it again later um, with uh, CJ on him, but CJ has enough physical presence to get back and defend a little bit. And they, I mean, they tried, the, they went to the same thing. Like he started leaning towards near, and then breaks to the back post and, to me, Bronico was beaten badly. It, it was a, the spacing. It wasn't only the, the height difference. The spacing was there, too. And that it was an easy finish for Reed. Um, I get it. Bronico is gritty. I don't remember him doing a hell of a lot otherwise. And you can correct me on that one. If maybe a three might be too, might be a little harsh. So if you think it is, talk me out of it. I, 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 don't, well, I, I mean, I will say that Wiki said we didn't ask BB to come in and be a uh, guest on Jimenez. We asked him to come in and be Brant Bronico. And I, I don't, I'd have to look at, you know, his, his, his numbers, but I, I don't, maybe a three's fine. He got, he got whipped on the, on the uh, set piece for sure. So um, if you want to go three, go three. All right. And if you don't agree with it, just, you know, you, they, you can hit you can reply at the at minivan dad pod on Twitter. Um, you can go into the comments when this hits hot time in Old Town. I'm at TJ's room, but any one of them. Go ahead and if you don't, if you disagree, feel free to. I know he's a fan favorite. Um, I didn't have a whole lot of expectations from tonight, but he didn't really impress me either way. Um, and then, like I said, he got abused. So, all right. Well, next one, next contestant is uh, one Boris Sekulich. I gave him a five. Maybe this is generous, but. I, I thought in the first half he was, you know, when they were dangerous going forward, it was him and Mihalovic doing some combination play. Um, again, I don't remember a whole lot of that in the second half, but it wasn't a terrible night for him. It wasn't a really particularly good night, but I felt like their best chances came when it was him and Mihalovic working together. Yeah, he had the cross to Herbers too. So That's, there you uh, go. Her- yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Um Mauricio Pineda, I gave him a five as well. I he he was fine. And that that the the goal he nearly gave away in the second half was particularly brutal, but it ultimately 
at the end he didn't give it 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 didn't happen so I I looked at his time on the ball the number of passes he was active he was busy they uh, very few very few passes that weren't completed so they gave up one goal to a sporting Kansas City that's a decent night so you know a five I I gave him a five Mm -hmm. I think that's fair I like him just in general I think he's going to be a very good player for the club and all right now we're going to touch on my favorite player well being sarcastically here with Francisco Calvo I gave Calvo a five believe it or not and I thought after uh, Madron, he was your man of the match. His, other than his yellow card, which will cost him Saturday, will cost him the game Sunday. Um, he had seven of the twenty fire clearances. He had four interceptions. It it felt like he was in the right spot to defend tonight when he was asked to. And I know uh, I believe Tony Miola during the game said Wiki has told him focus on just being a defender and not so much a, a creator per se. And I felt he did that tonight. And this is a game he had to do that. And he was pretty decent. Um, I, there were a couple chances, I, I want to say early in the second half, that he had a couple nice clearances. And I, and that stuck with me. And it wasn't like he cost him a goal. Now, ideally, having him on Reed might have helped, but it, that wasn't his responsibility. So I didn't ask Wiki that, and I sh- I, f- I wish I had after the fact. Because you only get one crack at a question, and that was... I. How did that happen? I, I just don't understand. Was that that couldn't have been the coaching staff's preferred matchup on a set piece? So my guess is that somebody grabbed the wrong person and BB filled a slot, and it ended sure. up being a mismatch. So I that's speculation, but it kind of feels like the only thing that really could have happened. So um, yeah, I, I that was not good. So any, any thoughts on Calvo or five, five seems fair for him or what did you, Calvo was, which, yeah, Calvo was, um, you tell how tired I am. My train of thought is all over the map. I mean, pump me full of Adderall or something and get me going here. Um, I, Calvo was good tonight. I thought he was fine. Five is good. Okay. Yeah. When, when nobody gets higher than a six, I think a five is a decent number. Mm-hmm. And Johnny B, Johnny B also has a five. I mean, I think, yeah, the entire back four has a five. You know, he doesn't go forward very often. And when he did tonight, he would, it usually created something. It, like, he, he picks his spots carefully and seems to do well when he does it. Um, he, I, I, I assume MLS considers this a negative stat. I considered it a positive stat. He led the team with four of the Fires' 14 fouls. But he didn't get a yellow card. He got a talking to. So for a veteran defender, when a game that you're trying to make, you know, muck it up, four fouls and not getting a yellow card, that's a solid shift to me right there. Yeah. So, uh, Bobby Shuttleworth, I gave him a five as well. There's nothing he was going to do on the, on the goal from Reed. Sorry. Would have taken a, a miracle and he's not expected to save that. And he shouldn't, um, he could now let me bring this up because Tony okay. Miller said this. Could he have coming out, come out and gotten a hand on the cross before it got to Reed? Possibly it was, it was close enough where it was inside the six, mm-hmm. At goal, you know, goalkeepers are told anything in the six you should own. Although today's modern goalkeepers don't do that. It, it's not the same game. And we saw on Saturday, what happens when a goalie comes out and doesn't get to it. Mm-hmm. You know, that was the, you know, when, when D when Clement D did that and then the fire equalized because of it. So 
it's a dangerous proposition to do it. It's not something that modern goalies seem to do nearly as well as their predecessors did. So I have no problem with it, that he sat back. And there was a, there was a body on a body. Like, everybody was marked. It didn't it didn't necessitate him coming out. It's just the problem was you had a 5'8 on, on, who was beaten by somebody who's 6'2. So, um, so I, I don't necessarily agree with Tony on that one. I, and I, which from a goalkeeper's perspective is weird, but it, if you're not, if you're not, you, and the other part of it is if you don't come out, usually it, when you do it become, it looks weird. It looks awkward and it probably is going to end in failure as well. So, but he, I, he had one or earlier or later in that game, I want to say they came in and he pummeled he just the punch almost got 30 yards out. So, I mean, he did all right. I, and I, I looked again, his other stat tonight I, I looked at was really, really well done. His distribution out of every distribution he had, he only had one that was not complete. So, and I, and I think back to when Sean Johnson was as much as everybody loves Sean Johnson says fire having a good goalkeeper since Look at Sean Johnson's distribution number. They were usually crap. Shuttleworth tonight, and that's not his strength, was solid. So I He think has been so good this year he, that you have to wonder if he doesn't just take over for Cronholm now when Cronholm's healthy next season. I don't know if either one of them will be back next year, to be honest. But very but, possible. Cronholm's quite two, a bit older than Shuttleworth. They're both in their 30s, but. Correct. Of the two of them at this point, I would say Bobby Shuttleworth is the one you, you bring back. The, but it all depends on how much you're going to pay for either of them. I don't think either of them demand a huge salary. But And Cronholm's health is, yeah, the other part. When When is Kenny going to be ready versus anything? But at this point, yeah, I agree. If, if I'm bringing one of the two back, I'm bringing Bobby Shuttleworth back. So, all right. Um, let's touch on some of the subs here. I, I didn't get – this is where – I know you're still trying to finish your article. I'm still trying to finish mine. CJ. It was the most asked him tonight. I gave him a four. Um, it was the first time, like I said, he appeared in a game and was really asked to contribute, per se, and trying to get the equalizer. And it, he looked, I, for lack of a better term, the only term I could come up with, he looked rusty. Like, it just... It Maybe. Seemed... I See, I, I thought CJ actually looked like one of the most energetic players in the field. Hmm. Energy was great. It just looked like his touch, his where he needed to be, like the next step that usually is instinctual for him and usually really good. It looked off. That's why I thought rusty. Mm, okay. He was in positions where he should be. It was just like that touch he needed, whatever. Beating the defender, he usually can't. It just it wasn't there tonight. And that's why. And that's why I thought of four. But yeah, no, his energy level is great. It was the most involved I've seen him. So that part is, I mean, so would you give him, would you give him, considering that we have our back, our back five, getting a five, did, is he on the same level as Pineda, Calvo, Seculic, Bornstein, and Shuttleworth? It's, it's one or the other. I mean, it's okay. four or five. I don't think you can go higher than that. I don't think you no. can go lower than that. I, he wasn't bad. I thought he was fine. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought he worked hard. So. All right. Uh, we got, I got Frankowski up next. I gave him a three. He played. I guess that's something. And that was all, that was the end of my notes on him. For the club to have not sold him to Ponovich at Reading, either the offer must have been bad or Wiki really does believe that he needs his depth. Because 
they never said what his injury was. Maybe his, whatever his injury was that he, he missed the last few games for, um, it just said not medically cleared on the injury report. Maybe okay. that's what was causing – he's just not been – He didn't look right tonight either. He, like I said, no, he played. something's off. Something's wrong to me. Like he, he doesn't look right to me. Mm-hmm. He, he, he's, he still looks fast at times, but um, other than that, it, either he's not fitting in well with the syst- with Wiki's system or something's going on physically with him. Like maybe it's one of those things where he's battling through something. And um, I, I just, I don't know, but it's not but working. To be fair. I mean, you think back to pre the pre COVID and again, Anything during the COVID era, you always got to take with a grain of salt. Maybe there's something more there that we don't know about. But mm-hmm. I, if I recall, if I recall correctly, against Seattle and New England in the first couple of games, he looked impactful. If I recall correctly, like yeah. he was good. And Better then we had, now. yeah. And since since we and I, and I want to say I didn't think he was brutal in MLS is drunk, but I don't think he was really good per se. But since we've gotten out of MLS's drunk, he is the production level has just fallen off a cliff. And tonight was no difference. He played, like I said, he played. All right, I guess that's something. So, not the best night for the Polish international, and he he's going to be needed. He is the squad depth that could have him and CJ are the squad depth that could have a, a serious impact. They're gonna they're gonna need to find that next gear, and I think CJ will. Frankie needs to find it, and I hope he does. I I really do. I he's shown it in the past, and if I recall correctly, last year at the end of the year he started to find his form late in the season. Let's hope he can get a repeat on that one. Mm-hmm. So yeah, uh, all right. Next one up, I've got is Michael Azira. I gave him a five. He was on the ball a lot. His energy was fantastic. He was a spark for a squad depth guy that you want as a late game, in a late in a, as a sub later in the game, and he did that. He that was on the ball. He was passing. Yeah. It was a shot of energy that that team needed if they were going to get level. But he's a defensive midfielder, so he's not going to be like if you had that kind of energy production in the front half. I think you might find an equalizer, but it is a defensive midfielder's job just to get it forward. And I thought he did that really well. So um, I could see him starting on Sunday. And that was going to be my next point. I, I if somebody's if I, presuming you're leaving Pineda in the back line, I think he fills in for Brant Bronico. I thought his energy versus Bronico's was night and day difference. And he's he's a veteran of the league. I, I think he would be. A, I think that this is the start for him to make would be on Saturday. So. And then last but not least. Well, I'm going to call him Kiwino because you seem to call him that. And Elliot. Yeah, good old Elliot Collier. Again, he, I, like Frankowski, he played. He was the worst Kiwi on the field tonight. <laughs> of the two. Of the two. He was the only one I hadn't written down on my notes yet. Um, I guess I would give him a four. That's fair, yeah. I don't think he did anything bad. I don't think he did anything necessarily good. He again, did his scissors and stepovers again, which I, I just love. <laughs> when you see Peter Crouch doing scissors and stepovers, this is <laughs> with less coordination, that's what you get with Elliot Collier. But the, I, I think the fact that I think of him like you, for somebody as 
who seems as tall and lanky as him, he doesn't get his head on the ball nearly as much. But at the end of the day, one nothing loss on to DC. You it's know, disappointing. It, it is one point in these two games it, when both games, like I said, were ripe for the picking, and it, which really kind of sums up how the the New York game they got black, they got pummeled. The Columbus game they got pummeled on the road. The Cincinnati, and I'm going through the road game specifically because at home they've mm-hmm. been they've been good for the most part. Mm-hmm. The Cincinnati game was brutal in all facets of the game. Neither like. Cincinnati doesn't go forward, and the they just the fire were not breaking anybody down that night. Um, that game was more miserable to watch than this one. The Orlando game was just really, really weird. Yeah, the Orlando game was. I've never seen a team lose four one, where I thought they, they should have played well. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and we talked that about the, that. Yeah, that that was a weird game, but. I guess my the point I'm kind of getting at is if this team misses the playoffs and right now they're I believe they're below the red line still, you yeah. start looking at it. The point that Orlando game, again, there were points to be had they didn't get it. That Cincinnati game, there were points to be had. Maybe you should have. You're a better team than Cincinnati, and there it, that looked like a, for lack of a better term, almost a gutless performance. That there were points to be had against Montreal. There are points to be had tonight, and, and against Vancouver, don't forget that. Like, well, and I, wasn't even going back to almost. I wasn't even going back to almost drunk. Uh, I'm just talking games, about. We we thought San Jose. Oh, they're the tough man marking team. I think they're last in the West right now, and then Vancouver, uh, which was a game they absolutely 100 percent should have won. Um, they didn't, and those two remember will count in the regular season standings. So that's. They are. Uh, they were fortunate that, you know, those losses were to Western <laughs> Conference teams, just as tonight. But sorry, I, and I apologize for laughing over you. I, I I pulled up the standings. The Fire are currently sitting in 11th. Yep. They're two points out of a playoff spot. Nashville at 18, and their Nashville has a game in hand, but Atlanta that's sitting on 18 points with both the 16 games in. To go back to the two teams you were talking about when I laughed over you, uh, Vancouver. It's currently sitting in 11th place mm-hmm. on 15 points. San Jose is sitting on 17 points in 10th place. Oh, they've moved up a little bit. Okay. They have. And the reason why I started laughing is last in the West, <laughs> the LA Galaxy. <laughs> <laughs> I've, for a team that is considered MLS royalty, for lack of a better term, it is fun to see them. Hey, I have a big but they have a wooden spoon, But they have a wooden spoon as well. You know what? Hmm. Chicharito sucks. <laughs> he does. When he doesn't play, they play better. I, I, yeah. I wanted to see the fire sign him for marketing reasons only. Obviously, I, I, oh, they're very much on the record as not being a fan anybody, of Chicharito. And I feel like anybody listening to the show can go back and has already heard your fawning over Chicharito and that they should should have signed him. And not fawning. No, I like I, I it, don't from a marketing. You were and you were right. But then again, you were the one they said that said they should go out and spend spend the the farm on Lewandowski, and you were 100 percent right on that too. I I, I got to give credit where no, credit. No, 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 no. I never said that they should. I said there's no way in hell after Taylor Twelman said that there is no way in hell that the best nine in the world is going to leave the best team in the world to come to the fire. It would have been so, nice. 
Yeah, there was. Yeah, you should spend whatever you can to bring. That's in what. Robert that's Lundowski. what I'm saying. If, if he wanted a hundred, but it's a okay. joke. There's no way that was ever going to happen. He's he's he would have won the Ballon d'Or this year. Like, you really seriously think you're going to bring him in because he's Polish? Come on. Not yet. I in a couple of years. I eight. don't know where that that got. I don't. Yeah, I don't maybe know when he's thirty-five. Especially ridiculous. when he came back in the form he was in, but no, I, I just I, I think back to those shows when we were kind of doing conjecture and just speculation, and yeah, no, um, I know you, you had said for marketing for marketing reasons that I did think he'd do better than this, but you know what, this is a guy who you know, despite the stature that he's held at by Mexico fans, um, was kind of struggling at West Ham. Obviously, didn't have uh, he was okay at Leverkusen. Um, yeah, but I want to say his you know, first year, the second year, I don't remember. I think that's right. Yeah, he, that's where he started falling off the cliff. And then he went to mm-hmm. West Ham and didn't do a whole lot there. And <sighs> he seems like a very good person. Yeah, uh, but he is a not a good player right now. No, he's definitely struggling a little bit. Um so I, I want to touch on a couple of other things. I know you want to finish writing and get that posted, but I do want to hammer on a couple of things here before we get out get out of our way. So now that the Yankees are no longer playing at Yankee Stadium, they put the put the sod down on the infield and NYCFC is back at Yankee Stadium. Is that just me or is that painful to look at? And I'm sure you didn't even look at it, but any game for NYCFC at Yankee Stadium, it, it's painful for me. I, I any disagreement there, or is that kind of like it's it's weird? It's I would weird. almost I would almost at that point just say, you know what, just play at Red Bull Arena, suck it up, be the Chargers playing in you know in L.A. in Soho or whatever stadium or whatever place you can play because it's better than where you are. But Yankee Stadium is a terrible place. To me, NYCFC should just pay them pay the money, play play in New Jersey, and just get it over with. Um, did you see? Higuain kind of redeemed himself with his with his free kick tonight after his penalty his disastrous penalty the other you know the other night. Uh, I I saw the free kick when I was zoning out when you were speaking about probably Calvo or somebody. Sure, uh, I saw it on Twitter just now. Yeah, it's, so it's good. Yeah, it was kind of it was kind of. But would you give that goal of the night? I'm going to say the answer to me. The answer is no. To me, goal of the night is still. Peak Zardis off his face and in the goal. I again, this is a thing that I've heard about but haven't seen. So oh, yeah, I, I haven't I, seen any of the other games tonight. Well, if you look on your your text message, I sent it to you and Chris, so you can take a look at that. But yeah, peak Zardis across hits a defender off Zardis's face, goes right in the goal. It is peak Giassi Zardis, and you know what? If the U.S. is going to win the next World Cup, it's going to be off of Jayasi Zardes' face. I, I have a feeling if they're going there to win. There is it, no luckier player out there. You know what? But there's something to be said about putting yourself in the right position yeah, for that sure. to happen. So. All right. So the fire sitting in, like I said, well, they're sitting in 11th, two points out of, of, of below the magic line. Um, games to be had. They've got DC United coming up. DC United, like I said, has been brutal these last couple nights, but both teams on a short turnaround. DC United, I believe, lost three to one tonight. Um, without or four to one, there was three one last I saw. So I, I, I think the fire will beat DC United. 
And I feel like we're missing a good game tonight because I'm looking at the game still going. Portland and Seattle is five to th- or Portland Galaxy five to three in the 72nd minute. Jeez, I'd much rather be watching that than having to. Yeah, right about go finish, but we're going to let you go finish your article. So this is the Minivan Dad Soccer Pod. Um, definitely, we'll we'll keep doing these fire post game shows as long as people keep keep listening to them. And uh, Pat can be found at, at Patrick McCraney. Uh, he's also the senior editor at Hot Time in Old Town, which is hot and Twitter at Hot Time Old Town. Definitely check out his Fabian Herbert's piece. It's it's like I said, it's one of the best things you've done all year. So that's oh, thank you. It was amazing. It, it, it was good. I, I give credit where credit is due, and so we'll go with that. And I'm at TJ Zaremba. Uh, any, any other final thoughts tonight, or let's just move on and get to Sunday? I think that's exactly right. All right. Sounds fair enough to me. I, I can definitely live with that. So on that note, you're done.